Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. My mindset was just like, it's time. We're here. Um, you know, you can either be the guy who always gets put, put in that position if it doesn't, doesn't show up, or you can, you know, be that guy who shows up in the, in the big moment. So, I mean, that's my mindset was. And I was just, you know, calm and uh, just, just focused on showing up. Is that from last night, Casey? That would be correct. Man. I got nobody. Uh, Najee Harris? No, nah, that would be the segue of all segways into the rookie QB report card. I made that decision. That was Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. Okay. Didn't even hear it. Oh, I mean, he kind of gave you a hit, Brent, when it was the segue. I know. I was going to say, and then you went like a Steeler guy, so I was like, well, maybe it had something to do with Steelers. Well, it sounded like they won, so I was like, okay, it's got to be a Steelers guy. Or did the Bears win last night? Did I, did I miss that? Um, no, they did not. Okay, <laughs> so then what? Okay. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Tuesdays at Top Golf here on ESPN 690. Dewan Smoot scheduled to join us at some point, so stay tuned for that. Josh Kobe will join us at 5 o'clock uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. He always does here for Tuesdays from Top Golf on a beautiful day. In Jacksonville, college basketball season starts, uh, so maybe we talk a little bit about that. Uh, I think the big story in college basketball, Mike Krzyzewski's last year yeah. at Duke begins, so it's a little bit of a victory lap for him. Steven's on the line right now. I think we'll talk a little John Brown. Let's do him quick uh, here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. John Brown, maybe hey guys, the Jacks savior on offense. Well, I mean, he, he did have success at Buffalo with Josh Allen stretching the field, and I mean... He had success over there at Raiders uh, stretching the field, which I'm probably th uh, guessing they're regretting letting him go, given what happened with Henry Ruggs. Mind yeah, you, they uh, signed uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, thanks for the call, Stephen. I mean, Tyron Johnson was pretty exciting when he got here, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's... I was excited. It, it, now he's inactive on game days. I was, so, I was looking at 40-yard dash times, Brent, highlight videos. I think there's a reason why the speed guys in the NFL are so hard to find because speed guys and productivity don't always match. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, if you think of the fastest guys in the league over time, they haven't always produced. I mean, look at the Cincinnati guy. Was that Ross? John Ross. Yeah, John yeah. Ross, nothing. I mean, the Raiders drafted like 50 guys in a row that could run but couldn't catch and run, I mean, you know? I guess the difference between, to me, you know, Tyron Johnson and, and John Brown is the fact that we've seen a bigger sample size of John Brown. And, That's you know, he, he has had success. Now, his game is predicated on speed. How old is it till you start to lose that speed a little bit? And now all of a sudden you have to be a little more of a savvy receiver as opposed to this, you know, over-the-top, over take-the-top-off speedster type of guy. I'm not sure if John Brown still has it. If he can replicate what he had in Buffalo, then, yeah, it, it's definitely a, a great pickup because you need that guy that's going to, you know, give that defense the respect to say, hey, we can't get beat deep here. This guy could beat us deep, so let's put a safety over there help everybody out. They don't have that guy that, that I've seen really. I mean, we saw, you know, Marvin Jones. I mean, he was wide open, but, you know, the, the, the ball was missing is what it is. But I'm talking about somebody on a consistent basis who can run that goal route and say, just go get the ball. 
you know, John Brown may be that guy, but I, once again, I thought Tyron Johnson was that guy. As well. Yeah, and I mean, to your point, John Brown might be that guy that is a little more savvy, too, because Tyron Johnson, one of his problems is he's just, he's not a great route runner. The details of the receiver position, that's been late to catch on to or tough to catch on to. I think that's why the Chargers let him go. I think that the Jags haven't really played him much yeah. or he hasn't been productive. Well, John Brown's a little different from that point of view. He's 31 years old, and to Steven's point, I mean, he's caught over 100 passes in the last two years, you know, with the Buffalo Bills. And so, and very productive two years ago as a 1,000-yard guy. Just uh, he's had some really good years. But why the up-and-down inconsistencies and what's he going to do walking in off the street? I will see. Like, listen, I don't mind. It doesn't hurt. I mean, the problem why people aren't like, hey, let's see what John Brown can do is because it comes on a day and in a couple of days where Odell Beckham Jr. is available, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you probably feel, you know what? To be honest with you, John Brown has done more in the last three years and two years than Odell Beckham Jr. has. <laughs> you can make an argument. I mean, if, that, you yeah. want, if you want to spin it, yeah, yeah. he really has. Yeah. Now, Odell Beckham Jr. through his career has been way more consistent in 1,000 yards, 1,000 yards, 1,000 yards, 1,000 yards. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, this guy... It, Listen, can't hurt. Can't hurt. Uh, there, there are worse guys you can sign that you've never heard of from Hofstra, you know, <laughs> that you're hoping that this guy's fast and can just run. And sure. the bottom line is in the NFL, you can't just be fast and just run. No. You know, that's, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's, you've got to still be able to play the position, details of the position, route running of the position, know what you're doing and have this savvy to the position. Yeah. And then you combine that with being able to run. Now, now you can do some things. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, but if we're being truthful here, I saw D.K. Metcalf run a slower shuttle than Tom Brady did and run, obviously, a blazing 40-yard dash, go to the second round because of it. And D.K. Metcalf now is one of the better receivers in the league. Now, I, mean, I think eventually maybe those those route running skills can catch up with you a little bit, but ha having that baseline of speed it does make a difference. Also, but DK Metcalf's a freak of nature too. Well, yeah. Uh, listen, uh, John Brown and, and guys like whoever, if they have the savvy enough to get a step and get open, then you can't catch him. That's yeah, the thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Metcalf now uses a bunch of different things. He, you can't jam him at the line. Usually the speed guys you can jam at the line, sure. but you can't jam DK Metcalf at the line. Good luck with that one. You know? Yeah. So then you combine this rare nature of speed and power. Yeah. Uh, well, now you're doing something. So that's what I think is the difference. I think what do you do with a speed guy? You go beat him up at the line of scrimmage. Sure. You know? Sure. Now if he gets by you, you're in trouble. Correct. But if you also go one-on-one -on -one and he can juke you one time, you're in trouble. I mean, look at Tyreek Hill. That's what he does to people. Yeah. So uh, it's... I, it's uh, and by the way, Tyree Kill is a kind of a physical presence about him. Like that's what makes his speed so good too. That mm -hmm. he you just can't like push him around. Yeah. I mean, you look at Tyron Johnson's body. You can you can kind of throw him into the first row of the stands. Robbie Anderson right? built. Yeah. You know, Robbie Anderson so, the same way. I think there is a little bit of difference there. Did you say you wanted to do uh, quarterback rookie report card, Casey? I mean, I figure why not. All right. That's good. I mean, we got around the NFL to get to, too. That's why I was curious. So yeah. let's do it. Let's, let's uh, do the report card first because there's a phone issue. If I'm speaking, I have to turn the phone off. And if you think someone's going to call the phone, we don't want to do that. Uh, okay. Oh. Well, we'll get a heads up. I should get a heads up on that. Uh, I will say this. Before we go around the NFL, Odell Beckham Jr. has officially cleared nope. uh, waivers. He went unclaimed. Yeah. So nobody in the league claimed him. Yep. So what – and here's what the, – the story there, then, is that – they crafted a deal that made it the, unfriendly for just about everybody to claim him. The juice wasn't worth the squeeze in terms of the, the money, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so credit to his agent for yeah. helping him get what he wants because 
they weren't just going to sign on with any team. Correct. Um, and, and they, you know, I guess, that, again, this is a good business move maybe by the Browns because I guess they could have stuck it to them and made it harder. Yeah. But they ended up agreeing to a crafted contract where it worked out well for Odell Beckham Jr. and it probably worked out okay for the Browns too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I, I don't know how Odell Beckham Jr. left the Browns organization. I don't know how much hostility was built up between the two parties. At the end of the day, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's a testament to his agent because we just talked about it. You know, you probably have a guy who's not even in the top 15, maybe top 20 wide receivers in the NFL right now and essentially made a power move like he's the top five wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. You know, like this this screams like, you know, Hall of Famer, this screams all yeah. pro making this play. And, you know, the past couple of years he hasn't been that. Maybe he'll be that guy in Green Bay, but he hasn't been that the past couple of years. So props to him, props to his agent because this is another classic example where the player wins. Yeah, the player wins, no doubt about it. And now we'll see where he goes and who he signs on uh, with. Uh, Brent Austin Lane, Tuesdays from Top Golf. Let's get to our QB rookie report card. There's only a few of them this week. Yeah. Uh, because Trey Lance, again, not really playing much. And uh, Davis Mills uh, out for Tyrod Taylor, who's back in. Who else are we missing? We know Mac Jones played. We'll get to him. Yeah. We know Justin Fields played last night. We'll get to him. We know Trevor played. Oh, Zach Wilson. He's been on IR. Yes. So uh, so let's do it. Let's go to, to Trevor Lawrence first. And I gave him a C, Austin. Uh, very average performance, I yeah. thought. I don't think it was a bad performance. Like, I thought last week was kind of bad. Yeah. But I just don't think he really did anything. It was about as average as average could be. Yeah. Uh, good QB sneak. Great QB sneak. Um, I gave Trevor Lawrence... Let's see. One second here, please. I gave Trevor Lawrence a C plus. Okay. I mean, you, you, very vanilla in terms of the box score. Uh, didn't turn the ball over, but didn't make plays to score touchdowns. You won the, the ball game, so average performance. Let's add a plus to that because you did win the ball game. I gave Trevor Lawrence a C plus. Yeah, you like the winning of the ball game part, and, and he I think a lot. That, yeah, he didn't make a catastrophic mistake. And when you're rookie and when you're young, and you can do that. Uh, by the way, showed a little toughness coming back in that game with the ankle. Yeah. And, uh, but didn't execute a couple of plays that even he said after the game he should have executed. And he could have put the game away. could have made it easier. Yeah. Uh, and, by the way, I'm not sure I would have all of a sudden given him an A for either one. I mean, he maybe – so we'll, we'll see. But uh, uh, well, Trevor Lawrence, I think there are better days ahead for him, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, let's run through these other guys real quick, and then we'll be joined by Dewan Smoot in just a moment. But we only have two guys to get into, and that is Justin Fields. I thought he looked good last night, man. I mean, he made some plays, and he was getting hammered. Yeah. Uh, it was a good performance in, in a comeback fashion. I, I think I gave him a B plus, but I might have given him an A. I think I, I gave him B minus. B minus. Yeah. Didn't win, you know. You got to win those balls. Yeah, you're right? big on the winning part. Well, I guess yeah. that's important. Uh, winning still is important. And then. Uh, Mac Jones, mm. Mac Jones, very average performance if you look at the numbers. It's like 12 of 18, 139 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. So, again, doesn't make mistakes, gives yeah. the team a chance to win. Um, but you look at those numbers, they won 24 to 6 going away. Yeah. And I think it was more about their defense and Sam Darnold and the rest. And plus, you got to dock Mac a little bit for the – for the ankle twist. Well, see, here's the thing. I actually, so I, I gave Mac Jones a B minus. Probably should have been a C plus, but B minus because that Hoist Gracie takedown that he had. Um, oh, you liked of, it. 
Well, I mean, I don't like it on the football field, but from a technical standpoint, an MMA fan like myself, I, I can appreciate a good takedown when I see one, okay. and, and I can appreciate an ankle lock when I see one, and he had all the right tools, used all the right <laughs> weapons, you know, that, that inside trip got him down and then, you know, went for that finish there. Um, if that happened to me, we probably would have been fighting in the parking lot, but since I am an MMA connoisseur, I thought it was a nice takedown. All right. Well, there you go. So there's the QB report card. not a good look for Mac Jones. No, not a good no, look. No, horrible That's, look for Mac Jones. And something about guys tripping people and ankles and but all this stuff from Jackson. Don't be a quarterback, I mean, though, you know? Yeah. Don't I, be a quarterback and do that. Not nah, because well, you're going to get hit. Yes. By the way, this isn't like baseball where you, there's a DH. No. Like, you're going to get hit. Yes. So... Yeah, that's not good. That, now, luckily, man. they don't play Carolina like twice a year. They don't play them again probably for another four years. <laughs> can't do that. Uh, so that's good for them. All right, uh, let's welcome in Dewan Smoot right now, Jaguars defensive tackle. I think also an MMA fan. Brent Morton, Austin Lane. We're live from Top Golf. Uh, Dewan Smoot, what's happening, man? What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, uh, what a what a Sunday game for you. What a Sunday game for this defense. Uh, I said it the other day on social media. And I'll say it to you just because it'll sound like I'm being really nice if I say it right to you. <laughs> but I think, uh, go back a couple years now, I might be the most underrated player on this Jacksonville Jaguars football team. Not enough people talk about you, Dewan, uh, and I think people are talking about you a little more coming out of Sunday's game. Uh, what's clicked for you over these last couple years, and, and what, uh, what about your performance on Sunday? Um, I, just, I would just say I think the game's slowing down for me. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm in my fifth year now. Seeing things a lot slower now. I'm, not, I'm actually seeing how to rush the passer more more efficiently now. And it just it just comes comes down to me just working in the off season. I've always worked hard in the off season and kind of coming to full like fruition. And you know, I think it's all coming together finally. Duan, can you take us through that offseason a little bit? Because obviously, you know, going into your fifth year, but you're facing a brand new defense, a brand new scheme, and it's a 3-4 defense. And when we kind of broke the roster down a little bit, and I saw, like, what you brought to the table, I'll be honest, I didn't know where to put you, if whether it was on the outside of that defensive or the edge rusher position, or to put you on the inside. What was your mindset in terms of, you know, whether it's building your body up or uh, adjusting your game a little bit to fit this 3-4 defense? Well, good thing I, I had a, had a chance to come in early during OTAs and be able to talk to Joe, uh, Joe Collin. He he ran down everything, kind of told me exactly where they're expecting me to be and what he where he really wants me at. And I just I just shot for like somewhere in the middle, like uh, around 275, so I could play inside and outside. Of course, inside whenever I'm rushing the passer, and outside majority during rundowns and stuff. So, I mean that that really I just focused on just making sure I was available to just be versatile over the field. Dewan Smoot with us here in Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin, a former Jags player, Austin Lane, uh, here from Top Golf. Dewan, uh, we've had a lot of guys over the years gain weight. Heck, Austin did it when he went to Kansas City. They asked him to gain weight, uh, or we've had other guys lose weight. That doesn't always work out well for, for people, um, at least in, in the history that I have covering this football team. For different guys, they've asked to do those things. How, do you feel pretty good with the weight you got on and, and that versatility that it looks like you're showing you're capable of? Um, I, I feel pretty good. I mean, I, I, I would definitely say credit to my trainer in uh, Jacksonville, uh, Rising Brian, Mr. Jason. Uh, he, he, he definitely, like, we definitely just hone in on, like, not losing any speed, not losing any power. Even if I'm going down, going down in weight, I'm making sure it's fat and not, not muscle. And whenever I'm going up, I'm making sure that, you know, I'm putting on that heavy muscle and making sure that my speed is, like, the much, like I'm not losing it. Like, I'm not losing a step. So um, I would just say it's a testament to just, you know, my trainer and just making sure that we're, we're, I'm eating the right things and just training the right way. 
See, he was doing it the right way. I was eating candy seed barbecue <laughs> three times a day. Right. And, yeah, it is what it is. I come <laughs> one, three times. One way works. Yeah. Another doesn't. One night. So Although much. the barbecue was really good. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'll be honest. I don't regret it, man. Don't get it whatsoever. So, Dwan, you know, when we talk about the, this Joe Cohen defense, it's kind of the, the coming out party for you guys against the Buffalo Bills. And, and uh, you know, I, I played for Joe Cohen for three years, and for whatever reason, he's always so brilliant when it comes to stopping that mobile quarterback um, you know, that dual threat type of quarterback. And I thought your game plan, I mean, from, from, from what I can see is you guys were trying to take away the middle of the field where Josh Allen likes to step up. Was that kind of the game plan going in was limit how much you can actually step up in the pocket and make him uncomfortable? Oh, definitely. I mean, the whole week, Joe was just on me. He was like, you have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined in your rest this week. I'm trying to, I'm trying to emulate his, his voice. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was on me the whole week. was like, you have to be disciplined. I have to have a lot of POU, which is part of the unit rush, just making sure that I'm taking care of my responsibility. And we knew that Josh, he, wanted, he, he, really, he really likes to step up in that B gap and uh, try, try to squirt out to the right so he can, so he can throw on the run. I mean, that, that was the majority of, like, the game plan. And, like, every time I made a rush, I was just trying to be cognizant, making sure I'm countering back and making sure he didn't have a ability to step up. And I don't know if you guys can look at the film, but when Josh got hit sack, he was able to kind of, like, he, like, hesitated in there because I was able to counter back. And I feel like uh, just by me doing that all day, it really allowed him right home to kind of stand the pocket, and our rush came home. No, I mean, yeah, this, this is the one thing I'm, I'm always preaching about quarterbacks is, you know, w w when I used to play, they called it the, the honey hole. And every quarterback's got a honey hole of where he wants to step up and where he feels the most confident. And obviously the Jaguars did a fantastic job of taking that honey hole away from Josh Allen. And he did not look comfortable. No, uh, now, all. meanwhile, the other Josh Allen played a heck of a game. Uh, yeah, listen, you see him every day in practice, and I think he actually stole a little of your thunder the other day. He had <laughs> such a good game, and everybody's wrapped up in the Josh Allen, Josh Allen stuff. But, hey, DeWan Smoot, DeWan Smoot, the one smooth all right i mean he played well too but i mean josh did have a big time game he, he's a big time talent as well uh what do you see from his game because from our point of view this was brewing a little bit like if you go back a few weeks uh, he started he was getting pressures he looked like he was getting close but he wasn't really getting the sacks and then last week mm -hmm. against seattle he had a couple big plays and then obviously the big game on sunday uh but you see it every day man how, how good is uh josh allen uh, I'm seeing it every day. I mean, he's growing up every day. He's making sure, you know, he's uh, taking the meeting time seriously. He's like, we're, me and him, we live together. So we live together about three, four times a week. And we're making sure we're getting, like, really close with Slay. And I'm just seeing it every, every, single, every single day. He's just, like, cognizant about getting better, either, either in the film room or physically. And it's, it's really paying off for him. And, I, you know, I'm proud, I'm proud of him. We, me and him also have a little bet going on the side for who's going to get the most sacks. I'm putting that out in the media. I'm coming for you, Josh, <laughs> at the end of the day. So. <laughs> hey, it's good I to love have that. a little healthy competition in the room. <laughs> well, listen, hey, you, you led the team in sacks last year. You can do that. I, I, you know, I, I really like your story, and I've said this to other folks before. I remember interviewing you about, I think it was going into your fourth year. I think it was camp around your your fourth year and what i thought was kind of cool is you realized when we asked you like hey how big a year is this for you and you said oh, this is it like i gotta get after i gotta do something or i'm done and it felt like something changed there for you like the light went on a little bit maybe a sense of urgency and now you fast forward they've signed you to a couple of deals uh you're leading the team in sacks last year you're making plays uh, do you remember that time in your career where it was like, okay, not much happened in the first few years, and then, bam, the light went on? 
Oh, I, I definitely remember that. I remember like it was yesterday. And it was a tough time for me and my family at that time, especially since we just had our kid. At that time, like, like I have no other choice. I, I got to go get it. And, like, that kind of just, you know, kind of kicked me in the butt a little bit when my, when my first son came in. I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to just have to focus and just kind of hone in on my skills and really just, like, lock in on football and running anything. And I felt like during during my third year, that's what I did. And I, I was able to kind of turn it around, turn my career around. And I just feel blessed and just thanking the Lord that, you know, I was able to kind of just keep my head down and just stay focused and focus on my game. And it's working out for me. Duan, you know, obviously when we talk about quarterback sacks, uh, that they happen in bunches. We we saw the Taven Bryan campfire celebration. What, what do you bring on the table in terms of celebrations? Is it just kind of like you're spontaneous? Do you have a go-to one? Do you change it up a little bit? What, what goes through that process? I know, you, I know you've seen it. I know you've seen I, it. It's, <laughs> it's throwing the money. Throwing the money. Throwing I mean, the I, money. First, <laughs> I, mean I, I can kind of explain a little bit of, of that of that celebration. Like, uh, at first it came of, you know, kind of like that, that bitter side of me, a little angry last couple of years, like, ain't making any plays, and he make his plays. When I first started started doing it, I was just like, pay me, pay me, pay me. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing what I got to do now, you know. Like, now it's turning into, like, more of, like, celebration. I kind of kind of think of it now, like, every sock I get, you know, making it rain as much as I can. So I like it. Well, you mentioned uh, having a kid. Well, your story is an incredible one, and everybody knows it, so I won't relive the moment too much over the last couple of weeks. But I said to Austin, so it's amazing he's playing this well after a couple of weeks. It's tough to get sleep probably at your home right now. How's uh, the little one? How's mom? How's the rest of the family? And, and how are you managing? Uh, the family's good. Um, I'm getting about four hours of sleep every day. <laughs> trying to manage it the best I can. I'm pretty sure you guys know as well when it comes to newborn. Uh, she kind of rules the house at this point. So <laughs> we're, we're all good, though. She, she's healthy. Wife's healthy. She's recovering tremendously. And, um, yeah, every, everything's good at the smooth, uh, smooth house, for sure. I bet. Did you have fun sharing that story? Was that a fun week for you, even though it, like, I know you, you all of a sudden it went from holy cow to uh, what am I doing and 911 call, and then everybody wants to talk to Dewan Smoot and, and your wife about this situation and in a very positive and good way. Uh, was that fun for you guys? Oh, it was definitely fun. I feel like it was important for me and my wife to kind of, you know, share that story. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a lot of times where, you know, you, you deliver your baby with no doctors, with, with no help. You Honestly, we didn't know what was going to happen that day. But um, I definitely would say, like, the fun and, like, the excitement of it didn't really come until, like, the day after because me and her were really riding off of two, three hours of sleep <laughs> the whole time we were doing those interviews, and the shock of it didn't really come in until after. But, I mean, it, it's definitely a story that, I mean, our daughter will, will be able to share with her for a very long time, and it's out there for a long time. So anytime she wants to know, hey, here's her birthing story. <laughs> Duan, what, what are players in that locker room, what, what do they think about all these taunting penalties now where you can't even say something to the opposing team? You, you can't even, you know, maybe give them a little shoulder check right there. How are players responding to that in the locker room? Are you guys pretty fed up with it as well, like, like, like I am? Uh, I, I feel like all of, us are, all of us around the NFL, we're all kind of fed up with it. I mean, that, that's, that's the part of football. Like, in, yeah. in, in the field of play, when the adrenaline's going and, like, we're hitting, like, it's a it's a man's sport. We're putting people down and like we're we're hitting people for a living. You're going to get hyped up. You're going to talk stuff like that. That's what keeps the excitement. That's that's what keeps the excitement going. And them throwing flags left and right, kind of it's either screwing up the game or it's kind of like taking the fun out of it. So, I mean, I would love to see the Tom penalties kind of cease a little bit more. 
Dewan Smoot with us, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, we know you probably got to go change a diaper in a moment, so let's just keep you for another minute or so. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know, like this performance against the Bills on Sunday, and, and I'm sorry to say this, but from the outside looking in, like we just didn't see it come. Yeah. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, I mean, it had been you. You saw the numbers. It had been since like 2019 since you guys had allowed less than 20 points in a game. Uh, the Seattle first half wasn't that great. There have been times where you guys have struggled against the pass, and you got an MVP candidate and the number one scorer in offense. I mean, those are just kind of the facts of it. Did you guys see it coming a little bit more? And is do you feel like this is a little bit more who you are? You're not going to go not give up a touchdown every week. But is this a little bit more of who you guys can be and are and, and might be for the second half of the year? Oh, definitely. I mean, we, when when we came in, Urban, uh, he really emphasized a lot that this is a reset week, you know. Um, like, the whole thing happened with Seattle and stuff like that, and we were riding off a high from London, you know, like, really excited, like, kind of like nothing can go wrong. And that was kind of like a reality check for us. So we, we focused back in this week with, like, this reset we just know that there's 10 games left. Let's just try to win these next 10 games. Let's try to win as much as we can, and let's just focus in. And that's what we did. It didn't matter who was in front of us. Like, number one defense, number one offense, number one defense. really didn't matter. We were just like, we're just going to go out here and play and just beat the person in front of us, beat all of our one-on-ones, and, you know, something great can happen. And it definitely did on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. It certainly did. You guys looked good, and now you get the Indianapolis Colts. And a little bit different of a team coming up, right? I mean, now it goes back to – hey, stop the run. That's the mantra for you guys. And Jonathan Taylor's coming. I mean, he's averaging like 5.9 yards a pop to one. I don't know if you got into the, the meeting room yet to see <laughs> that. But uh, he, he's really running the football well. It's, it's time for me to go get some barbecue. I need, need to put on some more pounds for this week. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a good oh, yeah. move. All right. All right. So, hey, Austin played for uh, Joe Cullen for three years. I covered Cullen before, and uh, there used to be this guy uh, on the team called Larry Hart. He played with Austin. <laughs> and all every time someone brings up Joe Cullen, all I can hear is, Larry! Yeah. Larry! That's, Larry! Like that, you used that to yell Larry. That impression. And uh, so you guys got to give – we'll end with this. Do you have a favorite Joe Cullenism uh, so far, DeWan? Um, I think it's, it's – honestly, it's something that, that came up, and I think Los – uh, our special team coach, he kind of adapted it. It's something called like bludgeon. Like bludgeon him, bludgeon him, bludgeon him. I don't know if you remember that. It's, 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 oh, yeah. it's basically run through him. Run through whoever's in front of you. He's like, you see that You see that train over there? Bludgeon yeah. his ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> you want, I, I have to ask I you one. Does he still bring up the gray matter? Because I'll never forget before every single game, we're going over the game plan. You know, obviously we're studying our opponent the entire week. And then all of a sudden on the sheet that he hands out, the first thing on the sheet, it's us versus gray matter. And we're all like, what does gray matter mean, Goji? He's like, it doesn't matter what gray matter means. All we got to do is take care of ourselves. Is he still preaching the gray matter, or is he, is he off from that now? Uh, I think it's kind of converted to something called focused energy. That's, okay. that's what we're kind of going off of this week is like, don't pay attention, like you said, the gray area. He still uses the gray area as an example, but it's more focused energy. Just focusing on what's in front of you. Don't worry about what the coaches are calling. Don't worry about what the DBs are doing. Don't worry about what the linebackers are doing. Focus on the guy in front of you and work. And, you know, focus on being his ass in the day. <laughs> hey, well said. And by the way, that sounds exactly like Joe Cullen. That's Joe right Cullen, there. man. Uh, Dewan's hey, man. That's I, <laughs> this has been a uh, a great few months for you, a few weeks really for you and your family. So uh, continued success. Uh, good luck at home with the little ones, and uh, good luck chasing down Josh Allen with that uh, 
locker room bet of, hey, of who just, had the most sacks. Just make sure that if you lose, you pay up because Avery Jones still owes me money from way back in the day. So <laughs> just letting you know. Oh, wow. Abe, I know, hey, I'm, I'm definitely going to send this interview to <laughs> Let him know. Man of at the end of the day. Hey, I'm, I'm going to pay up at the end of the day. So All for right. sure. Appreciate right. you guys having me. You bet, man. Thanks, Dewan Smoot. Uh, that's Jaguars defensive tackle, Dewan Smoot. Uh, really having a nice year, doing a lot of things well. Uh, you see number 91. That's the other thing you got to get used to, right, seeing yeah. these different numbers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but number 91 is playing good football for the Jags. Uh, number 41 is playing good football for the Jags. Yeah. And if they can get that interior rush going, too, I think those guys yeah. benefit the most. Uh, and that's what we saw this past weekend against Buffalo Bills. No, you know, this is a great story because, you know, and I was very adamant about saying this. I, I thought he was a tweener. I, I didn't know if he really had a position in this defense, what the plan was going to be. And obviously you see him filling a, that mold very nicely where when it's a rundown, on the outside, you know, brought in a little bigger of a body to stop the run. And then on pass rush situations, he moves in the inside. And he's doing a fantastic job at that, playing some of his best football right now. And that's great to see from that guy. And it's crazy how he said it, too, and I agree with this. You know, he's in his, what, his fourth year, he said? No, he's or in his, like, his sixth. Fifth. Okay, sixth year. Um, you know, going into your sixth year, you know, it's crazy how sometimes it, it clicks a little later for guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes teams are, are so hell-bent on, all right, he doesn't get it in three years, get him out of here. Yep. You know, but sometimes it takes players longer. It took me longer. Unfortunately, it took me to the point where I was out of the league already, then I finally figured it out. And it goes to show you, sometimes it takes guys a little longer for it to click, but when it does, man, it's something special. Well, Dewan Smoot's a – if I'm Dewan Smoot, I'm looking at – like, or if I'm Taven Bryan, I look at a guy like Dewan Smoot and be yeah. like, hey, this can really turn on. By the way, this is year five. Year five, uh, okay. Form. Uh, yeah. So it was right up, you know, it's right about that contract time after year three. I believe that's when it was where he hit a new gear, Yeah. you know, and that's where Taven Bryan is in his career. And I, I, listen, I'm not going to say that's going to happen to Taven Bryan. He hasn't given up enough evidence, but he's coming off this really good performance. Maybe it gives him the confidence to go play at a higher level, to go, hey, something clicked. Now, and DeJuan Smoot's a, kind of a walking example of that. Like, something clicked for him. He kind of said it, right? He said, yeah. hey, listen, I had a little guy at home. I had to turn it on, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had to do something about this, and, and it worked. I, I think a lot of guys say that. Yeah. Listen, I, I can go say I'm going to be really be uh, a lot better at radio tomorrow, and it doesn't mean I was a lot better at radio no, tomorrow, sure, you know? Sure, sure. But you understand the intent and the you purpose the and, and the work, and you raise it to a new level and set a new standard, and sometimes then that does equal results. Yeah. And for Smoot, I think it re equaled results. Even if, like, if you're a football fan watching, if you're the fan base, you didn't really see that much. It wasn't like it was strip sack fumbles and all that stuff, but I think the team saw it. Yeah. And then the and uh, then you get a new contract, and now you start getting comfortable with where you're at, and you see what you can do. And he's starting to raise his level even more yes. right now to the point where he's challenging Josh Allen for yeah. the sack lead. The, yeah. <laughs> the bat, you yeah, know? for sure. Uh, but for DeWan Smoot to go from a guy that, quite frankly, was on the verge of being cut yeah. to now having like top 20 in the in Jags history in sacks. Yeah. He's like 15 sacks in his career. Yeah. From multiple positions. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty but, cool story. No, it, it's really cool. And, and he's definitely a Joe Collin type player. Maybe because Collin always loved those guys. The, the, the guys that maybe were, you know, deemed by the experts as maybe misfits in terms of, well, can they really make the team or not? Or they're tweeners. Like, if... If you bring the mindset and you bring the hard work and the work ethic, and, yeah, we, we can all say work ethic, but it's a special type of work ethic. If you bring that to the table, Joe Collins is going to find a spot for you.
And obviously with Smoot, that's the case right now. Yeah. Uh, another high motor guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, for sure. Yep. Hey, Brent, real quick. Yeah. What we're not going to do is blow past the point where I said, hey, probably shouldn't turn off the phone and do the around the NFL because someone might call. And then you said, I'm going to get a heads up. There was no heads up. I was right. The phone rang. We're oh, not going to no. blow past like that like that didn't oh, happen. no, Brent. This is on your watch, man. We'll be back on ESPN. Oh, no comment. That was really tough. I mean, when I was warming up, I just wasn't feeling right. And, <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to make a cut. And then right. I felt I felt that injury and then stop in the middle of a play and get hit. So, I mean, it was the best decision for me and the team. So, a lot of guys stepped up uh, that day. That is James Robinson last night with us on Jags Report Live. You can watch the show every Monday on Fox 30, 7 o'clock. You can come out to the show every Monday. Sneakers in Jack's Beach. James Robinson joins us every Monday. So come on out, not just after wins, but there are more mm. fun after a W. But we have some fun anyway, even uh, after, well, some of those losses. Maybe there won't be those going forward, or not as many of them. And James uh, basically saying, hey, he's going to give it a go in practice this week. He hopes to be ready to go, hopes to um, suit it up against the Colts, just wasn't ready to rock and roll uh, after testing it out on Sunday, just didn't feel comfortable going with it. And uh, it sounds like Urban Meyer and the staff uh, plan on having him on Sunday. Uh, should be no ill effects for Trevor Lawrence as well with the sprained ankle. So hopefully the Jags are healthy and can use that ground game to open up the offense a little bit, much like Jonathan Taylor has yeah. uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Brent Martineau, along with uh, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz, Josh Scobie will join us in just a little bit. Uh, Tuesdays from Top Golf. If you missed Dewan Smoot, I uh, just had a fun conversation with the Jaguars defensive end uh, slash linebacker slash defensive <laughs> tackle slash a little everything. And um, you can always go back and listen to it on the podcast, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch the show anytime uh, as well. Come on out to Top Golf each and every Tuesday. We're everywhere. On Mondays, uh, we got TV at Sneakers. On Tuesdays, we're at Top Golf with the radio, three to six. On Thursdays, we're at Strings, uh, three to six with radio, and seven o'clock for Jaguars All Access. And Friday, next couple of Fridays, we'll be at Extreme Wings, Roosevelt Boulevard. So I uh, love bringing the show on the road. Make sure you stop on out, say hello. Austin will buy you uh, all the beer you want. Careful now. Careful now. That that wasn't the contract. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, we'll we talk about that. I'd buy a beer. Uh, at Springs each and yeah. every Thursday, only if there's a, an empty square on the yes. um, pour it forward board. Yes. Uh, that is. Uh, hey, college basketball starts tonight. Yeah. How about that? I know. It's wild. Man. I mean, it is weird. It starts earlier and earlier every year. Yep. Are you uh, – let's be honest, okay? College basketball around here. I'm going to go to the JU game tonight. It's local. We'll put it on some TV. Yeah. I'll be at UNF. Uh, I've played close attention to the UNF program. Yep. Um, I call their games on ESPN, and also, uh, you know, we'll cover the games, obviously, for TV. They're not home for a little bit because they've got, like, murderer's row. They go Texas Tech tonight, Texas A&M tomorrow. Then it's, like, on the road against UCLA and Grand Canyon and uh, stop in Kentucky. I mean, it's unbelievable, yeah, right? Yeah. It, it's crazy what their schedule is. But overall, like, does Can who's Kansas playing tonight? Kansas-Michigan State. Mm -hmm. uh, Duke, whoever. Does that do anything for you, like these early games? Do you catch yourself watching them, or are you like, eh, I'll turn into basketball a little bit later. March is a long time away. Yeah, you know, 
basketball is it's a weird sport where you know you tune in and it could be a blowout and all of a sudden that team that got blown out is playing the championship down the line. <laughs> yeah, true. Right? Because this is a sport, especially when you bring in the youth um, and these young guys, it's a sport that it takes time to develop that chemistry. Um, I, I probably will tune in a little bit to watch Duke because, you know, people are very high on them this year and this is, you know, this is Mike Krzyzewski's last dance. And obviously I think, you know, there's always eyes on Duke, but this year it's going to be amplified because it's his last run and he wants to win another championship. And, you know, people are saying that he has the team to do it. So uh, I'm going to check out Duke, um, see how they look to start the season off and, and, you know, see what kind of players they got. But, um, you know, every single season there's storylines that you got to follow. And I think Mike Krzyzewski is definitely one of them. Uh, I'm going to be watching Memphis as well because Penny Hardaway, I mean, a guy that I grew up idolizing as a kid, uh, now the, the head coach at Memphis, um, had an okay season last year but got some high-prized recruits. So now Memphis could be taking another step. So I'm going to watch see what Penny Hardaway can do. There's always storylines to follow. Hey, uh, the top overall seed, according to Joe Lenardi in Bracketology, is going oh, to man. be Gonzaga. Sure. First team out is Mississippi State, and the last team in's in Washington State. <laughs> Did right. you imagine Joe Lenardi's? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we didn't know what these players going to do yet. Uh, it's unbelievable, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, the last four buys, uh, Florida, BYU, Colorado, St. Mary's. Last four in San Diego State, St. John's, Rutgers, Washington State. First four out, Mississippi State, Seton Hall, Iowa, okay. Ooh, Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. Next four out, Arizona, Drake, Nevada, Creighton. Creighton, Arizona, Oklahoma. Those teams, Iowa, are going to miss the tournament, according to Joe Lenardi. Yeah, uh, I'm not putting a lot of stake in that, but I got you. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got, I wonder who they pick out of the, or probably pick Liberty out of the A-Sun. Uh, but Gonzaga is supposed to be really good again. Sure. And so I think that is a storyline. I think you got two major storylines in college basketball. One is Mike Krzyzewski's last dance. Yep. Right. I mean, he's been unbelievable at Duke. Duke has meant a lot to college basketball, quite frankly, whether you love him or hate him. Yeah. And then Gonzaga. Yep. Uh, and can they win? Like, I mean, they are. I, I said this last year. I thought last year was one they had to win. Be, well, I, sooner or later, they got to get a win to punctuate what they built. Yeah. They are no longer like this, you know, team Cinderella team. Like that was 20 years ago. They were a Cinderella team. They were no longer this mid-major team. They were that for a 10-year period. Mm -hmm. Now they're a dominant team in college basketball each and every year. They are, like, going to be in the top five, top ten every year. They have been probably number one more than any other team in the country over the last three years. Yeah. I don't know that, but I'm guessing. But they can't win at all. And so I think it's I think this is going to be the watch. Now you don't watch that all year necessarily. That's going to be the March watch. But uh, I think Gonzaga winning it all, and, and I think it would be a good story because I think there almost needs to be a, an ending to the movie that's called Gonzaga <laughs> over the last two decades. You know, for sure, for sure. I'm also going to be watching, too, as well. You know, it, it's weird. With college basketball, we talk about the tournament. You know, like, for instance, you take the college football playoff. If your team makes the college football playoff, Odds are going forward, you're going to be a pretty successful team. You know, like now, now Clemson had a drop off this year. I get that. Alabama still competitive. Ohio State still competitive. Oklahoma, you know, they're competitive as well. And then set up a late tournament. It doesn't always work out like that. And like, like a team that I'm going to be watching this year is UCLA, because UCLA like seemed to have a resurgence where all of a sudden it's like, okay, the Bruins are back now. Right, that they get very deep in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, they lost a couple guys, but now are, are they building on something? Are, are we going to? Because you know, keep in mind, UCLA is a very storied, uh, oh, you know, yeah. college. So uh, I'll be watching that as well to see. All right, was that tournament run? Was it a fluke? 
or was it now a foundation of who these guys are going forward? And in the tournament, sometimes teams do emerge and then and they build a foundation. And sometimes teams are just a Cinderella. You hear from them one year, and then all of a sudden it's like, what happened to them? Yeah, by the way, Florida State has really compiled a heck of a program over the last handful of years. And uh, where are you home for Florida State uh, football and basketball here on ESPN 690? Joe Lenardi has them as a fifth seed uh, out of the ACC. So I don't think they're supposed to be, you know, one of the top five, ten teams in the country this year. Yeah. They lose talent, yeah. and uh, including Scotty Barnes. And then, uh, who does he but have they're the, still going to reload and be good. Who does know? he have for the one seed? He's got Gonzaga. So he's got Michigan. Michigan. Uh, Gonzaga. Bam up there. Uh, UCLA. UCLA. Uh, oh, so UCLA missing. at one, okay. And Kansas. Kansas, okay. So. All right. Uh, Baylor's a two seed uh, coming off their, their run, of course. And uh, let's see, I'll give you a couple other two seeds in here. Villanova. Okay. Uh, just to get an idea who might be good in college Is basketball this year. Is it good this year? SEC uh, got major disrespect in a lot of the preseason stuff. SEC in this uh, has seven teams making the tournament, which is so tied with the Big Ten and second to the ACC with eight. So uh, that's interesting. Um, who am I looking at? Alabama. I Alabama was going to be. Alabama. I thought there was a lot of hype on Alabama. Maybe I was wrong. Well, there has been. Yeah. No, there has been. Uh, but I don't see them. They make the tournament. I just can't find them right okay. now. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll call Paul Feinbaum and you can talk about Alabama basketball this year. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Sorry. Well, sorry. Sorry, sorry Lenardi. <laughs> I guess you couldn't cut. That's fine. By the way, he can. It just won't be until, like, January Sure. 25th. No, I got uh, And probably us, too. Yeah. Alabama, by the way, a four seed. A oh, four seed. Okay. Going to Buffalo to play South Dakota State. Ah, the Jackrabbits. Which, are they the Jackrabbits? Yes, they, they the are. the Jackrabbits. Anyway, listen, I love college hoops. Yeah. I really do. I think it's the one thing I do miss. If there's one thing about the sports world, I miss horse racing, too, from Albany, New York. But when I was up in that pocket of the country, college basketball mattered so much. Sure. Even, and, again, we had, like, a UNF and a JU. But we covered them like they were the Jags. Yeah. You know? Because well, you, you weren't covering the Knicks. Well, we weren't covering the Knicks. We weren't covering – we covered, like, the Giants when they were to come to camp. Yeah, yeah. You know, we covered things. There was a lot of high school up in Albany, too. But Siena and, and the University at Albany were big stories. Yeah. And they were usually pretty good, too. Uh, so I miss that about them. It, you just don't have that feel around college basketball down here until football's over. Yeah. And unless one of your teams is making a run and really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, – Florida doesn't feel that way. Florida State's been a little bit like that, which is nice. And it's always good if UNF and JU can threaten to win the A-Sun. And UNF has, really, for the better part of a decade, but only went dancing one time. So hopefully we can get a little bit of that coming uh, over the next uh, few months with the local teams to help breathe some life into college basketball uh, locally for all of us. All right, we'll be back. Football at 5 coming up. Josh Scobie joins us. We go around the NFL. We ask him about the Duval at the Alumni Weekend. He had to give the first Duval. I wonder if he was nervous. Oh, what about nice. Matthew Wright's three kicks and one? Yeah. Has that ever happened to Scobie? And more to come. Josh Scobie joins us. Brent Martin, Austin Lane. Tuesdays from Top Golf Rolls on here on ESPN 690.